Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. Today we have a very special guest, Leanne Lander, owner of Artnology. Joining me as always, Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric. Hi, Leanne and all the people listening. Hello. Leanne, Leanne, it's great to see you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, I've, I've really, really, I, and I said this before we started, uh, that this might be one of the toughest episodes for me because we've had discussions around your background and art and creativity, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to keep this to a normal episode time? <laughs> so audience, be aware, there might be a part two with Leanne. So, And if it gets hard, Jeff's going to keep me in line, I know. So anyway, now full disclosure, Leanne. See, I'm letting you know out front, it. out front. So uh, Leanne, um, let us start with uh, a little bit about your background um, and how you maybe got to doing what you do now. And then we'll kind of unwrap a bit around what it is you're doing right now. And how it's um, helping people and uh, moving the needle for organizations, too. So a little bit about your background. Sure. So I spent a lot of years in the corporate world just working. Um, you survived. And I did survive. <laughs> barely. But, I, you know, I stayed in there long enough to see a lot and understand the problems that the corporate America wrestles with. Right. Um, right. You know, and so, you know, I was at, you know some large manufacturing environments and I worked my way, you know, into lots of different positions. So I've really got to see the entire supply chain from the beginning to the end. And I learned so much, which was really a crazy thing because my degree is environmental. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was such a crazy world. I couldn't get a job in that field, unfortunately, at that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did this thing called logistics and I really didn't understand what that really meant until I was thrown into the fire. Right, right. I learned, you know, obviously a lot in those 25 plus years. Um, I saw a couple of different things. But over time, um, I also had, I've always been a creative person. Mm-hmm. And so um, here I am in this role of like real analyst kind of positions, quality management and these kinds of things. So um, I have that strong suit as well, but I was really missing creativity. And I saw a huge void of creativity within corporate America. And so slowly I was getting pulled back into this world because um, when I was young, I I wrote music and I did all these different things. And as you get older, you just, you know, you you kind of put all that aside to be the big girl and, you know, make pay the bills, you know. So that's what I did. You have to be a grown up. (laughs) You have to be a grown up. (laughs) So um, as I started um, being pulled back into this world of creativity, it caused a big divert you know diversion it was just these things don't sit well together creativity and corporate world yeah and what i started finding out about myself is i really love polar opposites i love um finding how these polar opposites can actually fit together Mm -hmm. i think it's a very interesting dynamic Mm -hmm. so even in my solo artwork that i do you'll see like an abstract uh painting with gears in it you know showing the weird juxtaposition of chaos and order so i'm cutting you off in the middle of your giving of the bio but i knew this was going to (laughs) happen because what you just said to me is so intriguing is this this idea that you were looking for maybe musically speaking i'm going to reference there a harmony between the two so true that's a really good way to put it okay and i am a girl of harmony i will sing it all day long and i guess that's these undercurrents kind of weave their way into mm-hmm. these different aspects of our life. So while I was very confused myself about what do I do with these very polar opposite things in my life, 
it started um, organically kind of weaving themselves together in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I started following, you know, this world of art. I started creating art on the side and um, all this kind of stuff. And I, I realized as I was creating my own art that I was seeing everything in analogies because I've always seen the world in analogies. Mm. And as I was creating this art, I saw the layers and the depth and all this meaning in everything that I was doing. It wasn't just, at first it was just kind of like playing with paint because I really felt that drive and uh, to do this. Right. But then I, you know, as I started finding my own um, style, which takes a while, first of all, you know, mm-hmm. it started emerging and I started realizing I am really putting into visual, um, a visual way of trying to say the words of this cohesive story. So when I realized what I was doing, mm-hmm. um, and I started missing, because I did, I exited the corporate world to pursue art after a certain point. I was able to just kind of do that. Um, I started kind of surprisingly missing the corporate world, which I didn't see coming either. And so I'm like, how do I then take these concepts that I'm doing in art? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a message here. It's deciphering this code of, of what the art is trying to tell me. It's, it was all, all very weird. Um, I started realizing that what the purpose of all of this was is to um, show in a visual management kind of way and speak to corporate, um, you know, companies and everything in a way that they haven't been approached about it before. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a lot of these classes and training on diversity, on, um, you know, leadership management and personality styles and all this kind of stuff, it's all usually a person in front of the room kind of talking to you. There might be a couple activities and maybe some tests you take and everything. But um, what I started realizing is that I can take people through these activities and they can either do the art or I can show them the art. Or we can use photography as a platform. There's lots of different options here, which is Mm. really nice because depending on what the corporation is needing and what their problem is, I can decide what is the best activity to take them through. But by using these tools, people think that they are focused on something intangible and unthreatening. It's non-threatening, basically, because they're playing with paint or they're off taking photographs or they're doing something activity driven that has nothing to do with diversity or mm-hmm. team building or anything. Yeah. And so it's really interesting because, um, you know, it's all about this mindfulness and whatever they're doing, whether, whatever activity I choose for them, it's always about pause, step back, see something in a different way, see something you've seen a million times or done a million times, but see it in a whole different way. And I encourage them to dig deeper and find analogies themselves and whatever they're doing. And what are the lesson? What is the lesson that's coming along with what you're doing right Mm -hmm. now? And the really cool thing that ends up happening is that I'm just a facilitator eventually because they start having these aha moments. I'm leading them kind of to these ideas Mm -hmm. that become their own. And that's the best part of all because when they start having these aha moments that are their own, it's not me in front of them telling you should, you know, respect diversity more. No one wants to be told these things, you know, and they may already love diversity. But what I, what I do is I take them beyond, um, it's even beyond tolerance. Cause that word tolerance is, is that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Tolerance is I can tolerate anything for a day or a week or even a year. How long are I How have long to do work I have to be tolerant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a mask that we put on, you right. know, these COVID masks or whatever. But but what the mind shift does is helps them to not just tolerate, but to actually when they're pausing and they're seeing things in a different way, you start becoming very curious and and creative thinking starts coming into place. Critical thinking skills that would have been put on the back burner lately. Yeah. And instead of that reflex and this rigid, um, like I see opposition, I'm going to go, you know, conquer it. Mm. I have to be right. Yeah. Instead, what happens is I'm going to pause. I'm going to think 
for myself here. I'm going to look at what is happening. What am I seeing? Can I see it a different angle? Mm -hmm. Can I um, be curious of it instead of threatened by it? Can I find a way to um, maybe ask some questions about it rather than posture and feel like I have to persuade them to be on my side? I've got a question for you, and I'm going to take it back um, to the beginning. Um, how did you respond to that? I don't know if it was a, a voice. Um, and yes, Jeff can attest. I'm one of the crazy ones. I, I've heard the voices, <laughs> right? You know, the key is I've never answered back. but <laughs> um, One up on me. Yeah, <laughs> that's even better, Jeff. I love it. Um, so... Uh, Leanne, did did was there was there something um, that a bell you heard uh, in the beginning that said something needs to go in a different direction? Tell tell yeah. us a little bit about that. For me, the message has been finding beauty in the chaos, and mm. um, and lately it's turned into finding beauty in the opposition, which is a little even step mm. further. Right, but. About 10 years ago, I started doing macro photography out of a need to um, not hate Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was stuck in Ohio, right. and I thought, nothing beautiful is in Ohio. I want Especially to live in, in the wintertime. Oh, especially. Gray and brown, all the gray and brown you could ever want. <laughs> so much dead. And uh, it became, uh, I was, that seasonal disorder, whatever you get, yes. I was like crashing hard. I hated it. I was becoming this resentful, mm. angry Ohioan. Right, (laughs) right. And so I thought, I have got to make a change, you know, and Mm. uh, it was an intentional moment where I shifted and it it was almost like a scavenger hunt that I started for myself. Like, I'm going to go out and find beauty right where I am. And I didn't think I was going to find it. I was actually just very skeptical myself. I'm like, Mm -hmm. but, and I brought some examples for you to see later. What I ended up finding was amazing. And it was, um, I decided to go out like a curious kid, you know, like I'd watch my own daughters and I'd see the way that they would, you know, bend down real close to things and see these things and in a different way and be so awestruck by, you know, a bee and a flower and all that kind of stuff. So that's where it kind of started for me. I started making this shift and finding this beauty in the um, ordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary beauty in the ordinary and showing other people, you know, that was my thing. I was like, look what I found today. And what I found is that other people were like also amazed because these are things we saw every day. Just do drop on a grass, a piece of grass, nothing like this is not Hawaii with the big, you know, waterfalls or anything like that. We're talking about in anyone's yard. You go out there and you can see this. And you know, what's interesting. Um, as you mentioned that to Leanne um, and Jeff, I'm not going to fail you because I'm going to bring a musical <laughs> reference <laughs> Every episode, so. he counts on me for this. And, it's and, not always him. <laughs> right, that's true. So yes, take some blame yeah. too. All right, um, but I'm I'm thinking of um, of a song um, from Crowded House, um, and that's a band from the late, or probably mid late '80s. I'm sure English. Neil Finn. Uh, New, uh, from New Zealand, I believe that's where New Zealand. From. Okay, because yeah. yeah. Neil Finn's a songwriter, wonderful voice. Mm-hmm. So the name of the song by Crowded House is Fingers of Love. There is a line in the song that says something to the effect of seeing every blade of grass shiver in the wind. Mm. I love that song, right? And it was just like, I got it on my playlist and I'm going out for a walk and it is one of those Ohio winter days (laughs) and I'm out and I'm paying attention to the grass and the wind blowing it. Yeah. And Leanne, I had—I don't remember a, ever a time in my life where I even paid attention, purposeful paying yes, attention yes. to go, that's blades of grass shivering, blowing in the wind. Mm. And when you said that, that's what it triggered me. I'm going, I remember that. Yeah. And I got to tell you, because I, like you, had this corporate background for a lot of years. If you would have came to me during my corporate career and said, hey, did you know that when the grass encounters the wind, it kind of makes it look like it's shivering, Eric? I would have said, 
thanks for that. I got a meeting. Yes. Don't bother me again. And I may not have gone that far, Jeff, (laughs) but I probably would have said, I don't have time. Now, I don't know what your experience was with corporate America and your exit. Mine was rather Roman Senate like. So (laughs) I I got showed it was just it was very political and all the messy stuff that comes with that. But one of the things that I made a sort of a vow to myself was that I was no longer going to take for granted moments. And it didn't happen overnight. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, immediately now I appreciate every moment. No, it was tough. Oh, yeah. Because I was, I had those neural pathways, Jeff, right, that said, you know what? You don't have time. You've got to get working on something. Oh, you don't have time. You've got to make that phone call. And over time, I learned that, you know what? And I'm getting fast forward today, Leanne. Is it today? I pay attention to blades of grass shivering in the wind mm. because that's where the gold is. One of the things that I found that fascinates me and it's hard to explain to people is uh, urban exploration. Ruin, uh, how can you enjoy going out? And I don't get to do it very much, and I've got some pictures. I probably should figure out where to post them. Of Why is it fascinating to you of an abandoned house? Right. And I go, imagine everything that went on in there. That's that's what makes me do that because, okay, it's an abandoned house, but what was the family like that lived in there? Mm, wow. What what happened that, that caused yes. it to be abandoned? So it's, it's looking at things from a different perspective. An abandoned house should be just a sad thing, you know, but use your imagination. You're, you're really hitting it right there, both of you. And it's all about those asking the questions, the five whys in these, you know, different areas. Because, yes, the corporate world is so time, time, time. I don't have time for that artsy hoopla, witchcraft stuff, whatever you're <laughs> right. into. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hear the same thing about emotional hoopla. Uh, right, right. <laughs> Yes. And, you know, it's uncomfortable and it's it's definitely just not in that world. And, and then the curiosity thing that you're talking about, Jeff, is like it's absolutely about that. It's a it's about um, asking questions about the what ifs and, and making these interesting possible stories up in your mind. And, and even when you're looking at the blades of grass and the nature, it's it's just pausing to really see like something in a way that you've just not considered it before. How important. I mean, there's billions of blades of grass right there in front of you. We've been trampling on them mm-hmm. over, you know, all the years. And there's that idea too, the idea of um, the beauty and the overlooked, you know, if you ever feel insignificant, you know, and this is what helped me. And these are the unexpected shifts that happened to me as I started mm-hmm. doing this, finding the beauty in the ordinary items and man-made objects, which is really cool that you, interest, you said that. I want to sidebar with that in a minute. Okay. But um, when you stop to find that, you start um, realizing the beauty within yourself and other people that you probably overlooked. You know, you start mm-hmm. realizing there's more to all these things. Like, I've taken pictures of a drop of water on a on my pavement in the driveway and as I got closer, what I like to do is I start from a very far away. Yeah. What you would normally see in a quick corporate world view. I'm off to a meeting. I can't. I just see drops on the on the driveway. I'm off. Yeah. But what if I stepped a little closer? And then what if I stepped closer still? Mm. And so I like to show that progression. Like here I am, you know, wide view, and I'm getting closer and closer until I get to there's a drop. And there's just one drop on this driveway that I got really close to, and it's the Horton sees a here's a hue kind of story where you see there's a seed in the water in on the driveway, and then within that seed there's a piece of pollen in the seed in the drop on the driveway, and wow. it's a whole different world. So, Leanne, you just uh, you 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 mentioned earlier about diversity and inclusion, right? And Jeff and I have mentioned this on prior podcast episodes. I use this with my clients all the time, that one of the key ways that I think we can address whatever it is you want to use as the problem, inequality, systematic racism, whatever the case may be, 
recognizing that this is not an idea that where we can take this and the government will pass a law and then all of a sudden everything gets better. This happens right where you and I are at, where we have influence, right? And I'll tell them that what you must do, and it's not just with with racial um, interaction, it, it, it's it's with everything, mm-hmm. is that you need to exhaust curiosity before you move to judgment. Absolutely. Right? Because what you were just saying there, Leanne, is that whole idea of, well, what do I see? Now, when I get closer, I see, well, wait a minute. It's not just a raindrop. There's a seed. And it's not just a seed. When I look closer, there, because that's like human beings. On the face of it, I may say, those people don't. Right. Well, instead of going, see, there's another racist. Mm-hmm. Don't. Stop. Mm-hmm. And I, an and audience, I know this is tough work. And at the beginning, it will not feel natural to you. But just try it a little bit. Instead of maybe writing that person off to being a racist, you go, I want to ask him just one question. I'm really angry right now because I didn't like what he said. And I, I'm just going to ask. So where did you get that idea from? Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. You don't have to go any further. That's your first step of curiosity. Maybe they're going to surprise you and go, well, my dad always told me, boom, clue for you. This may not be someone who's actually adopted this as theirs. They may be living out their dad's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all this stuff. And I think that's part of this problem is that we're not curious enough. Oh, absolutely. We, we just want to go, okay, you said it, you're that now, next. You said it, you're that next. Mm-hmm. And we want to keep moving. And we're missing so much. So your analogy around that raindrop, I think, illustrates this thing about curiosity and about the diversity thing. So thank you for that. Yeah. And you're, you said something earlier, too, that was really um, – I had to circle it because you're right. It doesn't happen overnight, this curiosity. Mm-hmm. It, it requires training, hardcore training. Like if you want to you know, get your muscle on and everything, you're going to be at the gym yeah. every day for hours. I can honestly say that um, even 10 years ago when I started going out to find beauty, it was not easy and it, it took training. And that has then, you know, taken on all these different facets and to the point where now, yes, instead of being, um, you said something about the curiosity factor. It's yeah. so true. I even had that written down beforehand because curiosity has to be more important than being correct. Ah, that's much better said. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's that search, right? To go to judgment, we want to be correct. If I'm right, I don't need to do anymore. Yeah. yeah. You don't need yeah, to know Jeff. anymore. I'm, yeah. yeah, I already have all the answers. Yeah. So right. I'm done. Right. But right. if you're curious about it, one, you you have to give up your correctness. Humble. You have humble. To be, yes, yeah. humble. Humility. And hear in. me out, right? I mean, at the end of the day, no one is saying, um, to those of you in the audience, um, no one is saying you can't have make a judgment because at some point, yes, you will have to make a judgment. Yep. But wow, think of how much more powerful, how much more robust the judgment will be and how m- more likely it to be correct after you've exhausted these things. Leanne, you just mentioned something about, about training. Um, and in the work that we do when we work with clients or even prospective clients, the, you know, the, the inevitable comes, well, how long, how much, blah, blah, blah. Um, we tell our prospective clients, we need a long time with you. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to come alongside of you, not just for an event, not just for a session, Mm -hmm. but we need to walk beside you as you are moving to behavior change because it is not going to happen naturally. I could, we could record a podcast about how, to fix diversity and inclusion issues, right? <laughs> or how do we fix racism or whatever? And maybe it's it's researchable. And it's, yes, if you do those things, it'll solve it. But guess what? <laughs> when the three of us walk out, my ghost will start to speak in my ear. Well, Eric, you remember what your dad used to say about that? Leanne, maybe somebody from your past would go, you know, you might want to wait on this. And audience members... Right? What voices would you hear? What what messages have you made agreements with that will impact it? 
So if I come in or we come in and do a one-off for you, it may feel good in the moment. But if you really want behavior change, you really want to get to a place where looking at the drop of water and then looking for the next thing and getting deeper and closer, that takes time. Absolutely. It takes time. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that's why um, the program that I've created, probably similar, I mean, you know, it's just that it, it has people do an activity over and over and over in different methods and different focuses. Like you had mentioned the house, which is really um, good. I said I'd circle back to that because it's true. I, I have people start out with like nature, something really easy that, you know, you, anyone can go find nature right in front of you and pretty much find beauty in it. Right. No matter how, how much in a hurry you're at. <laughs> like The corporate yes. version, you know, some people like, and yeah. that's funny because some, you know, you see different levels of participation. Some people are all gung ho about this and other people are like, let's just get this over with you weird person, (laughs) this stupid activity. I have meetings, you know? And, um, so we start out with this nature thing because everyone can find that, but then we move on to man-made structures. I have them find beauty in man-made structures. And then I have them find beauty in, uh, maybe another person. And then I have Mm. them find beauty Mm. in themselves. So we build on these things and they get progressively tougher. And then when I have them do these activities, it's not just go find the pretty picture and then, you know, be done with it it's and and when you're finding beauty in yourself and other people too i ask them to dig a little deeper don't just go find um you know get a picture of your favorite person in the world that's so easy maybe find a picture of someone that's challenged you in your life or maybe you know has given you a little pause Mm -hmm. like ugh. in that person can i ask you uh around that um because I'm, i'm putting myself in the shoes of um our audience, maybe someone out there who's listening and says, I don't see anything that's beautiful about me. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you, it, you're not going to fix it. I know. How do you, I mean, cause I, I have you encountered that? I mean, oh, yeah. okay. Absolutely. So what, what's one way that you approach you took in that kind of situation? That's why that's almost close to the end of that program because it's ah. one of the hardest things for people to find is beauty in themselves. A lot of times, I yeah. find so that's that's one. So of you're the building last up ones. their confidence through steps, yes. as you mentioned, to get and to training. that and training and causing them to, um, you know, if because we do when we get to that stage, finding beauty in yourself. I'm like, if you have trouble with this, remember all of the things that you've done in the past. Here, you've you've stopped, you've paused, and and step one with finding beauty in the nature is. And man-made structures, you might have to get in a weird angle. You might have to get like low to the ground and and risk looking like a total idiot in front of people. You know, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to like do some yoga moves to get the mm-hmm. angle of things that you have not seen these yeah. different perspectives. And so, when you're building up into that, you're you're exercising those skill sets of. Mm-hmm. You know, pausing, seeing things at different angles, digging a little deeper than you you have before. And then by the time you get to finding beauty in yourself, I I say use those critical thinking skills and think back. Even if you have to think about when you were a little kid, what did you like about yourself then and how has that developed? You know, and and asking them these questions and using that because that that enforces that muscle to, you know, start engaging again and again Mm -hmm. to because like you said, it's not going to happen overnight and it does require intentional training and thinking. And so, you know, and that's not even the ultimate goal because after finding beauty in yourself, what you think has got to be the hardest thing. That's only shift. The next one is to finding beauty in the opposition, finding beauty in the conflict. Yeah. Um, you know, and basically, you know, building on all those skills because you can't find the beauty in the elephant in the room. On day one. Well, I'm so glad that you <laughs> mentioned about the the progression uh, of growth, um, because um, as I'm sure you guys realized, you know, you're not going to walk out tomorrow and then be curious about a racist. You just no. you're not going to do it. Um, however, the hope is is that you're building up that muscle mm-hmm. to where eventually, yeah, you can have a conversation, a difficult conversation. Uh, with someone who maybe is of a different X or a different Y. My encouragement to all of you out there in the audience is to get on purpose and urgent about growing these muscles. Uh, 
obviously, Leanne, you know, with us and uh, with emotional intelligence, <clears throat> I am so one of the things that makes me happiest about this work is that it is learnable. Mm-hmm. This is not locked in stuff. This yeah. is not for those who have an IQ of X or this is not for people who have been educated in Y. It's for those that are willing to show up to practice and put in the work. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because it's, a lot of it is unlearning. Oh, yeah. So much unlearning. Jeff, I mean, can I get an amen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, Leanne, you, you, that, yeah, you hit it right on the head. Um, that, that's, um, maybe that's a good launch path. And, and well, I, go ahead, Jeff. You know, you, you talk about the unlearning, and I've shared this story before. There's so many things that we don't know that we've learned that are affecting us. And it, this is kind of funny. My, I was talking with my daughter. She loves to wear Converse Chuck Taylors, you know, the, those. And I, I mentioned that, you know, growing up every year, I wanted a pair of those for school. But they were like $12 and the kids were $8. So mom and dad got me the kids. And, I, and she goes, Dad, you're an adult now. You can buy your own. You're right. I, I had learned that I wasn't allowed to have Converse Chuck Taylors. <laughs> the bird in the cage. You were, you had the key. the The door was open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. She, she goes. So, yeah, you don't know what you've learned that way. Yeah. So, um, Leanne, uh, when you think about the work that you're involved in, um, which I I think it it it's in such concert with our work in in emotional intelligence. So we're we're so happy that you're out there. Um, in the arena or out in the field trying to make a difference for people this way. Um, COVID-19, maybe the year 2020 has been a year where I really feel like, and and I I remember early on in my entrepreneur days when, you know, the objection would be, we're fine with all these soft skills, you know, it's fine. We, you know, yeah, we took them to a class, they went to a seminar and it was very much brushed aside. (laughs) And I think 2020 is a year where it's now caught up to business owners and executives that what you portrayed as soft is really, really hard. And it's not too late. Don't get me wrong. My optimism side of me kicks in. Oh, yeah. Because everybody can start. I mean, it's learnable. It's like you can move today. I mean, it'll be more difficult for some than others. But I think this year has been a year that – they're now open to it. They're now not so quick to say, oh, this art. Oh, man, I don't know. No, our people are, they're, they're too busy or whatever. Or emotions. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to tell me I got to talk about how I feel? I don't, I don't get those objections much anymore. Mm. Yeah. Because I think, and maybe you would agree in, in your work and what you've seen, and I'll just ask the question, do you, do you find that? these organizations are more open to things that maybe once they were kind of lukewarm about? Absolutely. And I would say that it's probably more important than ever. I think they're hungry for it. Yeah. You know, whereas before it was almost like checking a box and now they're like, they're looking for something a little different. They're looking for something that um, to your point can cause lasting effects Yep. And not just the checkbox. And Leanne, uh, do you believe uh, that, um, and, and I, th- I think to a f- uh, another guest that we had on about this idea about what we think to be normal or what we have thought of historically as normal is probably not coming back. That mm-hmm. we're moving into a place that is going to be truly new. Now, I know that has a variety of emotions that it can sort of conjure in us, right? But I think what you're doing with art, and if I may say again that we're we're in that same pursuit, why it's vitally needed, because we're gonna need that. We're gonna be able we're gonna need to be able to notice things that maybe we ignored or maybe we didn't look close enough at to be curious enough about. In a world that's gonna look totally different to us on the other side of a pandemic, if I can say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're really right about, I'm, I'm glad you, the word optimism is really important. 
because um, I'll use an analogy. The um, When I started getting into the art world, it was, you know, a lot of fun until I started realizing how much bravery it takes to make that first mark on a canvas, for instance. You know, you got I got to this point where it started shifting from fun for just experimental purposes for my own to, oh, my gosh, I have a commission for someone. And it's I have to meet their expectations and standards. And it um, sometimes you're facing this blank canvas. And I think that's where we're at right now in society. We're like this blank canvas is COVID. And, you know, it's going to look different than before. How do we make that first mark? You know, and how is that even going to look? And we get to decide that because to your point, it's an intentional thing. And it can be a learned thing. We don't have to just follow the masses of, I think, where social media has been taking us down this rabbit hole of, you can comment and say anything you want because it, and you see those comments getting very snarky and mean. And then that becomes acceptable and you start stretching these standards out to where you're face to face with someone saying something you would have never said five years ago out loud because you've become desensitized. So to your point, we're entering this this different era potentially that'll probably never be what it was before. And that's not necessarily a terrible thing. Exactly. So, you know, we, we get fearful about change and that's also what I love to do is I love to like mess people up a little bit with the idea of change um, and forcing them into uncomfortable situations because that forces Mm -hmm. them into uncomfortable conversations and so with some of these activities um i am presenting to them all these analogies the blank canvas what is it going to be for you in the future also the um one of the analogies one of the activities i do for them is we start i have them start doing art and i start they start getting really kind of like first of all they might be fearful to start it because they don't know what to do but then they kind of start getting into it and they start kind of owning their art then i make them shift <laughs> like a switch with somebody else which is covid basically is this mm-hmm. like wait a minute i didn't see this coming i was really this was mine and i this is mine and don't touch it and you're gonna mess it up and all these things and it's this idea of sitting with that uncomfortableness and now what do you do now what are you going to do with this moment and it's just that's where the conversation starts happening people explode in the room because even the quietest person who wasn't really into this whole art thing mm-hmm. All of a sudden they get it. They're like, this is not about art, is it? <laughs> this is about all of these uncomfortable things that we didn't want to talk about that now all of a sudden they want to talk about all these things. And interesting. There is, um, uh, I've mentioned it on previous episodes. There's a book by um, Ian Cron and Suzanne Sabil called The Road Back to You. Um, and it is, the book is sort of premised around the whole idea of the Enneagram and um, one of the things I, I saw an interview with him about um, self-knowledge, and he's a very big proponent of that, this idea that um, the more that we're able to find the stuff that's beneath our surface and bring it up to the conscious level where it is subconscious beneath, the more autonomy we have, the better chance we have to manage it to, and to understand it. Because it goes back to that curiosity thing again. And again, I'll stress to you, like what you mentioned, Leanne, it's, you know, this is not stuff you do day one, right? No. It's not. Absolutely um, not. Because if you're like me, there's some of the stuff I have beneath the surface. If you would have come to me 10 years ago and said, Eric, hey, let's take a look at this thing that's about 30 feet down. I would have said, <laughs> Leanne, there's a door just around the corner and leads to the street. Because I'm not going there. <laughs> Over time, practice, work, gaining muscle, being able to, to, to do that heavy lifting. But a lot of what you're speaking of um, reminds me of that idea that helping people, again, on this discovery mission. Mm-hmm. Um, we, in our work, we try to remind folks that, uh, and, and I think the Enneagram really kind of, uh, he alludes to this in the Enneagram, that ultimately that there is no destination there's not like you're going to find all your stuff, get it all fixed, right. and then all then <laughs> and then, yes, right? Yes. No, it is it is a consistent journey. Um yeah. so let l- let me ask you uh Leanne, um tell me a little bit or tell our listeners a little bit about um the type of organizations that might engage with you. 
mm-hmm. and and what is the what is their reason for wanting to engage with you? Yeah, the great thing about this curriculum, it's very diverse and it's adaptable. Mm-hmm. And I found that actually it surprises me because I had thought originally that I was just going into <clears throat> you know larger corporations um, that already have the budget for this team building thing, you know, because I would fall in the team building category, right? And then um, just that uh, diversity and inclusion kind of area. Um, so I can fall into a lot of different categories there. So any corporation that is looking to have um, some kind of different programming that would fit the bill. But I also recently um, have been approached with high schools and different kinds of, you know, entities that I had not even had on my radar. Right. And it's really interesting because, you know what, it fits for them, too, because the the problem, whatever it is they're trying to solve or, or talk about, these curriculums and these activities kind of shift and become great conduits for whatever it is they're trying to solve and become, mm. you know, or just catalysts is all they are. And it surprised me how flexible these things, all these activities have become because we can go to high schools and talk about bullying and diversity or all these different things there. Mm-hmm. But then we can talk in corporations. We can talk about, um, you know, diversity is, is a lot of different things. It's not just yes. the black and white. It's, yeah. it's, you know, ageism. It's, you know, executives versus the floor. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. my goodness. There's a lot to, of work to do there. Yeah. Love to go there. Um, there's, you know, all the different, you know, all the different flavors in between. But then also what I like to do is once you get to that place where you've hit this kind of thing, which you had said something earlier um, about shifting paths and, you know, this training, Mm -hmm. um, you really have to do all this work beforehand before you can solve a tangible, huge problem in a corporation. So there's almost two phases to this. So the first phase is, all right, let's break down these barriers. Let's um, like I used to say the analogy of like when I was trying to retrain my brain, it felt like water was going down a certain path. Like I could feel it mm-hmm. and it had worn such the path. It was the Grand Canyon and that was my easy comfort zone. <clears throat> and I had to change everything like, as far as like um, – what I was thinking because of all the unlearned things. I was the caged bird. Mm-hmm. Didn't know I had the key. Um, changed who I was maybe even hanging around with at the time. You know, I was making a lot of changes in my life to mm-hmm. um, like get myself out of this self-made prison. So through all of that, I started realizing I was um, really sh- creating a new path. And so instead of this going down this, you know, very worn path, I was trying to like, this thought would come and it would be like, wait, stop, stop. Let's push it over here. Let's come down this positive, weird, uncomfortable way of thinking. Yeah. You know, and it changed everything to your point. It wasn't like overnight that I started like noticing all the beauty around me and noticing the beauty in other people and myself. It, it really took honestly years. Well, and there's the, um, you know, and I, I try to be as sensitive um, to that reality as possible. Um, I love to tell the audience that my movement and shedding a lot of this <laughs> and Jeff and I talk about neural pathways a lot um, that I developed these new neural pathways and it took mm-hmm. me about six months and yes. it was great. It took me years. Yes. And some of that was because I chose a path uh, and a neural pathway that yes. My brain adapted to again. We know the brain a lot of neuroplasticity. It can it can flex very well for the good or for the bad. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be different immediately. Right. It's like oh my gosh, I see the light. I want to change now. Come on, let's get uh, get. Uh, and then it dawned on me. It's great you created this new neural pathway. Mm-hmm. It's great that you understand you need a new way to go. And it's going to take time. Yeah. Yes. And so important. So important. And, um, you know, I so love the work that you're doing, Leanne. And, and, and I'm, I'm so glad that we have you on our platform because I, I really believe that the corporations aside, human beings who are trying to figure out 
how do I navigate waters that look like they were smooth as a lake to turning into rapids to turning it looks like there's a hurricane and then it's changing so rapidly these are the tools they're not they don't fix things they don't they don't just make everything better but they equip us um because there's that theme and we've talked about it jeff is that how do we how do we become well even though circumstances are not Right. And that is really important is how do you, it's resiliency. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's how do you find the beauty in the chaos and the beauty in the the ugliness of wherever we're at? Because we can't, you know, we're stuck sometimes. We can't really just move to Costa Rica like I wanted to or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. You have to, you you have to find the beauty. And you know what? Um, This reminds me of. You know, when you you see a storm that has come through, like a summer time, it just does major destruction. But there's this one oak tree <laughs> that just remained. It withstood. And it its leaves are still intact. It's, it, you know, it's not, it wasn't, it felt it, right? It experienced with all the others, but it managed to remain you know, and I think so often, Leanne, and and your work and the work that we we do, we're, we're, that we're endeavoring to do, is to help people to discover you have some tools at your disposal to be that oak tree. Absolutely. You're not going to you're not going to find a way to stop the storms from coming through. Those storm systems have been coming through forever, and they're going to continue. But the goal is is that, and and isn't it more inspiring? I mean, when you meet yeah. someone who, like, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And um, I'm going to share another analogy because you made me think of that as well. Like, when you're looking around at that destruction, you know, and you see the worst that's happened and all these fires, for instance, all out west. And oh, like, yeah. Great example. so sad. But there are um, – there's new life happening because of those fires. There's um, serotonous cones and these – these conifers, um, these pine cones that will only open under like 2000 degree temperatures or something like that. And, um, you know, that's, that's where we're at is trying to find, um, you know, everyone can see the destruction. That's easy. Everyone can see that. Let's go one step further, like the rebuilding, you know, and the, and the replanting and everything that's going to now, have you ever seen a forest after a fire, maybe a year or two later? Isn't yeah. it insanely beautiful? Yeah. All the new things happening and all the new growth that happened because of that fire. That, yeah. that happened after Mount St. Hollands. Yes. It's a different landscape. It's And to our point, we're talking about pre-COVID and after COVID. You know, it's going to be different for sure, but it doesn't have to be, you know, terrible or uh, it's never going to, life's never going to be good again. It's just going to be different. And there's beauty to be found in that new difference. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so audience, we're uh, coming to a close. This is part one of our conversation with Leanne Lander. And uh, Jeff, did I do okay? I think I kept, I mean, because I could keep going, but there's only so much space we have. Well, I, as we went into it more, I'm thinking this is right in my wheelhouse because she was talking about finding art in people. That's my noble goal. So I'm going, yes. All right, so I got a promise for you, Jeff. (laughs) Okay. In part two. We're going to start there, okay. your noble goal, because I do believe that connects very much to what Leanne's been talking about as well. And there's some other things I want to talk to you, Leanne, about um, your personal story and, um, and how that has kind of shaped where you're going. So we're looking forward to having you back. Well, thank you. I look forward to it, too, because I didn't even get to do the second part of where all of this goes anyway. So we need to have a part two. (laughs) See how that works. Yes. See how that works. So thanks everyone for tuning in to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Take care. Hi everyone. This is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so 
reviews on all of the platforms wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast hosts. We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us so to we're, hear. So we're not the perfect podcast hosts? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.